Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. Did you like that? I'm Emily. My voice is all cracky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this week we're continuing on our divination journey. We're going to talk a little bit about the origins of tarot. Nice. Yeah. So we have done some episodes on tarot in the past. And my favorite. Yeah, I know. Well, (laughs) and, and it's like the one that I think everybody kind of knows about, right? It's mm-hmm. it's pretty mainstream at this point in time. Uh, people have different connotations around it, different ideas about what it is, but uh, but it's something most people are familiar with. If you see a tarot card, you're like, oh, that's a tarot card. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very popular, and uh, and there's so many different kinds of decks out there now. Just like kind of an amazing array of choices you can pick something that's like silly like I have cat decks that are kind of silly I also have cat decks that are a little more serious um Emily Emily what decks do you not have she probably has like 20 decks oh I have <laughs> I have more than 20 but um <laughs> oh, we don't need goodness. to talk about that what <laughs> let's just say there's a lot of tarot decks out there <laughs> um and yeah. And so many people are familiar with them. Many people use them. Uh, there's so many books about it. There's so many kind of amazing books about it that have come at tarot from different angles. But today we're going to just talk about the origins. So Veronica, do you know the origins of tarot? Um, I don't think so. You, like Nothing's you went somewhere kind of, nothing yeah like I feel like I do know the origins <laughs> I think I think when you start talking I'm gonna be like oh yeah oh yeah I, oh, yeah, I already knew that I, I, I knew know that, that. <laughs> yeah um yeah so tarot started it's modern isn't it this a modern thing ish yeah but here, here's the thing it started as a game yes so oh, it's, I knew that. I knew oh, that. you did? Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Veronica's <laughs> pointing at me right now. She's like, I knew that. I knew that. Uh, <laughs> it was just artwork, wasn't it? <laughs> it was just what? It was just artwork, wasn't it? Yes. And no. So It was playing cards. <laughs> okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me shut my mouth. Go ahead. This is not like multiple choice, Veronica. <laughs> Wait, I know. Hold on. Wait, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Sorry, this is so bad. No, that's okay. Um, I want to make sure I'm starting on page one here of my of my poly notes that I can't read. So let's let's see how I <laughs> how this works out. So uh, it it began. Tarot began as a game in 15th century Italy. Is really where it was chased ch- chased traced back to um, to the viscontis family or visconti's mm-hmm. family no oh, see veronica knows mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh it it was a deck that had four different suits and then also had these 21 trump cards so i read a couple different articles and all of those i'm not going to tell you what they are 
but you can find that information in the show notes because I I'm I added them all there for you. So you, if you want to go click these articles and read them, you can. Um, but I, I did cross-reference some stuff and then also just looked for different sources. Um, as a side note, the Catholic Church actually has something about Trump, uh, Trump cards. I was going to say Trump cards because I said Trump cards, but no, tarot cards. Um, that actually talks about the history of tarot very briefly and then begins to talk about how anytime you try to do any type of divination or try to see the future, uh, it really goes against the laws of of God. So that was interesting because <laughs> really? when, well, yeah, and what, what, why I thought it was so interesting was because when I typed in like the history of tarot or the origins yeah. of tarot, this website popped up and I was like, oh, interesting. The Catholic church has like, has like a whole article about this, you know, because they give you the little preview on Google yeah. and it was like the, you know, the tarot cards originated. And I was like, oh, interesting. I wonder what this says. Well, it was only like a paragraph about the history and then the rest started to shift. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop reading this now. So that is not included in my resources, but you could probably find it if you tried to look it up. Anyway, 15th century Italy, they had these decks. Uh, here's the thing though. When you think about card decks and you think about the 1400s, this is not something that they didn't have printing presses like we have now. You couldn't just like, oh, I have an idea for a tarot deck. I'm going to type that into the interwebs and it's going to pop out a little deck for me that's going to get mailed to my house. It does not work like that. People were actually painting these. So original decks um, were painted artwork. And then the, so the major arcana all had images on it and the minor arcana which are those four suits were pip decks so or what we call today pip decks so they did not have art on them um aside they might have had a number and then the symbol and the original symbols um were cups swords batons and coins um i actually had seen batons. somewhere batons so i had also seen somewhere that the batons were polo sticks so I think that they might've shown up in different ways um, during that time, which was more relevant to that time period, mm -hmm. right? And the upper um, class. Yes, the upper class, <laughs> exactly. So that's who had these cards. And I believe I'm gonna get the, I'm probably gonna get this wrong. I'm gonna say it. And then later I'm gonna find, reread the article and be like, nice, Em, you did this wrong. But I believe the game was similar to bridge. Now I don't play bridge. Um, so I actually couldn't tell you, but I remember reading that it was similar to, because uh, uh, I remember thinking, oh, bridge. But now I'm thinking maybe that was wrong. <laughs> and it was like a different game. And anyway, it's going to own that. It might've been bridge. Uh, <laughs> apparently it was a complicated game. And um, yeah, just really, it's it, and it had a fool and it had the world uh, in those what we call the major arcana now, but what were called trump cards then. There was another word too. And let's see if I wrote it down somewhere else. Uh, maybe we'll get to it. Anyway, so in that was uh, 1440s, 1450s is what they were saying. They really saw the origins of it. But because the game was so complicated, there's some scholars that believe that the game actually originated in the early 1400s and then started to change over time. And um, there is some, the, the Britannica website talked about the 1430s as being a time when it originated. So 
that it's very interesting. Um, and then I also saw another source that said the 1420s. And what it sounds like is that there, there was also a game in Germany that was similar to this uh, during this time. And I don't know how to pronounce it, but I believe it was Carnoffel. It's with a K. Anyway, so that was happening in Italy, and they also found evidence in Germany of that being there. So originally playing cards for the wealthy folks, but guess what? That changed over time, you know, as mm-hmm. cards became more available and uh, there was an adaptation of tarot to the occult for fortune telling. Uh, and there's one of the dates that I found was 1780. So, wow, and- that's a big time difference there. So it probably had a lot of, like a lot of evolution in there. Right? Yeah, that's- that would be my guess. Yeah. So between the mid 1400s and 1780, and and this originated, the occult feature originated in France is when it started being used uh, for fortune telling. So let me see here. In, oh my gosh, I wish my handwriting was better, (laughs) but I don't have the patience for that. So uh, in In 1781, a Freemason and former Protestant, whose name I'm going to try to say, Antoine Court de Gabellin, Gabelle, he was a former Protestant minister, but he, in 1781, he wrote on an analysis on tarot, like a pretty complicated analysis on tarot Hmm. as an occult practice. And he talked about it being originating from secrets of Egyptian priests. Whoa. Right? So for the record, friends, there apparently is no historical proof of this. Yeah. But this dude come from, right? From Antoine. He was like, (laughs) apparently really into Egypt, you know? So there you go. But I I wonder if he traveled there. And he saw symbols and uh, so I'm coming up with my own, my yeah, own, let's make up, let's start a rumor. My own story as to why Antoine, how Antoine actually connected this, you know, there's gotta be some logic. Yeah. What's up Antoine? <laughs> yeah. Can you give us a sign? Antoine, if you're yeah. there. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, so in. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so good. <laughs> Necromancy. <laughs> we do it all here on the witch next door. No, um, okay, wait. I have to tell you the rest of this. In 1791, okay. the first tarot, tarot deck specifically for divination was released. So that's, you know, uh, four, five, six, seven, 300 years later, 350 yeah. years later, uh, it is released and it is you know, there's, there's information out there. There's a booklet. There's, I'm sure it wasn't like a booklet in the way that we get them today, but there were specific ways you were supposed to read the cards for divination practices. So we're going to do another time warp leap here because in 1909, the Rider Waite Smith deck came out. And what's true (laughs) is that most of the decks that you find today are based on the Rider-Waite-Smith. Oh my gosh, I just lost my word. 
interpretation. Thank you. <laughs> so frustrating sometimes. Uh, so uh, Rider Waite was a member of the Order of the Golden Dawn and was said to be a nemesis of Aleister Crowley. Interesting, Whoa. right? So we know about the Thoth tarot deck, mm-hmm. which was Crowley's deck. Yes. Um, and I have that deck. I Do love have- that deck. Do I know you? you don't res- you don't, I don't resonate like it that with that deck. Much. That was my first deck. Man, I remember being in undergrad and I was taking some class that I can't even remember which psychology class it was now, but we the teacher had brought in the the um Thoth tarot and was like we did a whole thing with it in class and it was really fascinating, but the imagery on those cards just does not speak to me at all. Like I don't, mm. it, it almost repels me. Whoa. Isn't that trippy? Yeah. Well, there's a huge Egyptian piece to that, that, but deck. I don't even feel that, that deck. It's G ge- it's, it has the a a science ge- piece, the geometric oh. shapes there. It's like a, a very, it, it, for me, it just lies on a different, it doesn't, it hits on a different level in your psyche than, so it makes sense to me that you're like, hmm, it's more, it appeals to a different, what are, what are you trying to say my about psyche? my psyche? <laughs> it's, it's not as organized, Emily. Okay. <laughs> I, Veronica, do you not know me at all? I am just not, I am chaos over here, but, but yeah, I, I don't know about that deck. Um, so that's interesting because those two decks are very different. So it makes very sense different. that may, if he was his nemesis, you know, right. that, that they've had maybe two very different ways of looking at things. Well, but are you, are you picking up on the fact that our friend Antoine back <laughs> in 1781 was like ancient Egypt and then yep. Crowley, like in the early 1800s, early 1900s is like, what's up yo we're talking about egypt again in this card <laughs> exactly. i mean i don't know maybe maybe he knew that maybe alistair Symbolism. i don't know but it's interesting that the that pops up twice in the history in different time frames just saying egyptians tarot yeah yeah miss well mystery right because ancient egypt is full of mystery and it was then too so i wonder if there's this idea of this mystery mm-hmm. that weaves a thread through all of this again everyone i'm starting rumors i'm just making this up and pondering like well, this is really just wondering their, yeah the symbols of their language is the, the mysticism and mystery mm-hmm. around it that makes sense you know right so what's also interesting is and this is this is something i don't know and i now i want to go back and research and i wish i had done more but now as i'm looking at my notes the rider Waite smith deck was the first deck to use to not be a pip deck, to use symbols in the minor arcana and images and story in that, right? But the Thoth deck does that too. Yes. So it makes me wonder if maybe the Rider Waite Smith came first. And this I don't know. And for you, those of you who might be tarot um intellects, mm-hmm. <laughs> historians, you Ooh. might know. Uh, you might have the answer to that. I do not know, but but based on what I read, that would be my assumption. Mm-hmm. and yeah anyway yeah I I would assume that as well just with the imagery but mm-hmm. I don't, yeah that's something we could check into because 
Right. Yeah. But I, I love that you said Rider Waite Smith. You do know that Smith gets dropped a lot. Well, I got dropped. She got dropped on the original cards, I believe. She. She. Yes. So hello, misogyny. Welcome yeah. to the occult. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, uh, she was the Smith. It was the artist for. She was the artist. Yes. For the work. <laughs> her name is actually Pamela Coleman Smith. We'll just have a moment of reverence for her. I have her commemorative set or hers. She, I mean, she she's long gone now, but wherever she is in the universe, I hope she knows that there was a commemorative tarot deck made for her that actually has a little book in it with the history of her life and some other um, pieces of her art. Really? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks like, so you guys can't see this, but Veronica oh, can see it. I have seen that. Yes, I yeah. have seen that. So the deck is the same. It has a different back on it than like my original Rider-Waite-Smith deck. And the um, the colors are slightly different, but not not noticeably so if you, you know, if you haven't had the same deck forever. And U.S. Game System uh, is, are the folks who bought, I believe they bought the Rider-Waite-Smith rights and whatnot. So they actually put out this deck on, they have, if, if anyone wants to go, if you want to go check out a library of decks, uh, go check yes. out the U.S. Game System, Inc. Because they have so many tarot and oracle decks on there, but we're now we're talking about tarot specifically. Uh, it's it's kind of off the hook. So, so talking about Rider Waite Smith. Yes. This, I mean, this deck is foundational. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely. Like, it's, it's like the go-to deck. Absolutely. Why do you think that is? Um, I, my hunch, this is just my hunch and I'm sure there's, there's more history in this. And, you know, we do these short little podcasts that just don't, they're just yeah. like dipping into it. But my hunch would be that it was the first deck to have other imagery. So it really, um, for, at least I can speak for myself. It sparked my imagination and my intuition in a different way to have imagery on all of the cards versus like, if mm -hmm. I buy a deck because I see some of the major arcana and it turns out to be a pip deck, I'm usually kind of pissed. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, oh man, like now I, now I have to either go on what I know already or, you know, check out the book because when I pull a card that is from the minor arcana and it has an image on it, it sparks something in me. Yes. And sometimes it's the quote meaning, the you know, the meaning that we all have come to know for the card, or it sends me in a totally different direction. But regardless, it gives me a little more for my imaginal realm to work with. And I, my mm -hmm. hunch would be that that is why, why it took off. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And the system was very solid. I mean, the, the meaning, the story, cause there's this whole story arc yeah. in all of the suits. Um, and, and the, it did change. So I, in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, it is pentacles instead of coins. It's wands instead of like staves or uh, staffs or whatever, batons. Batons. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, and then we have the swords and the cups. So those are all there. Um, but each each symbol tells a story, like mm -hmm. as you move through the cards. So that that's yeah. my thought. What do you think? 
Yeah, I really feel the imagery, um, although in some cases is very simplistic, because mm -hmm. I mean, you can see some other decks that are very intricate. Yes. Um, there is deep meaning put or, or behind it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some imagery where you're just like, like, when I really started looking into the deck and studying the deck, um, I saw things I never saw before. Right. Like, oh my gosh, he's sitting on a throne. There's a butterfly behind yeah. him. I never saw that before. Oh, the butterfly transformation. I'm just like, oh, like just the, the richness that yes. actually is in there. Although it looks so simplistic. And then I look at the colors. I'm looking at the card I picked today and the, the colors are primary. Yeah. They're very, there's, there's an icy no purple I see like it, their primary colors so it's, it's pretty yeah so so it's not so ornate that you get lost in it right but there's some rich like to the point imagery that that like hits on foundational archetypes you know that's like okay that this could this feels like this you right. know Although you can obviously read way deeper, like you could pick the same card a different day and you're like, it means something else, you know? Well, and I think what's true, and I don't know if this is because they're, they're primary colors, but when you first glance at any of the cards, they do seem very simplistic. But like what you're saying is, is so true. When you look deeper, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I never noticed that lizard before, or, you know, that, you know, that ship out at sea or whatever it might be. And it really does, um, it gives you layers, layers yes. to look at, layers to work with, which I think is fascinating. And I mean, lots I of symbolism. Like, I think that's why I always go back to it. I mean, mm -hmm. I have, I have, I don't have as many decks as you do. Well, you're not <laughs> as impulsive as I am. I have a handful of decks, <laughs> but I, I, a lot of times will go, just go right back to mm -hmm. that deck um, because I, I mean, maybe it's just out of repetition because I can pick a card and I can get the meaning right away or I mm -hmm. can, I feel like I can, I'm familiar. It's just like another piece of clothing. It feels very familiar to me. Totally. A lot of other decks, I'm like, hmm, I might resonate with some of the artwork, but some of it's kind of different or, you know, like there's, and some people can't stand this deck, by the way. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know it. They're like, mm, I can't believe you're talking about this deck. Stop talking about it. <laughs> because, and for whatever, I mean, guessing maybe for all the reasons that we say we like it or the reason why it's rich to us, you know, is maybe a reason why people are like, mm, not so much, you know? Well, it was my first deck. I, I mean, I got it when I was like 15 or 16. I think I was 16. Anyway, and I used to read all the time. I, I used it all the time when I would be like with friends or at parties or, you know, we would just bust out tarot and we all the time. I'm not kidding. Like every weekend, it was a thing. And I used it a lot, a lot, a lot. And as an adult, there have been moments where I do look at it and I'm like, I'm good. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to use this or, oh, this is mm -hmm. boring. I've already been here yeah. a million times. And then I'll pull out something else. But just like you were saying, always come back to it and my I have my original deck and it is definitely um the deck I feel most connected to yes 
like when I pick it up, it's like an old shoe, right? It's like, this yeah. is my most yep. comfortable pair of shoes I've ever owned. The way it feels, yep. the way the energy of the deck feels, because I've, I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of readings with it over the years. Yep. That's a long time. I mean, I'm like 46. So I've had that deck for 30 <laughs> years. Yes. You know, anyway, it's just very fascinating. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, with the artwork, the artist, the meaning, all the, the writing, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on, you know, what your, what, what your jam is, like what, what you go towards. Like, I really noticed that the, the thoth, which I love the thought, like I said, that, that, that actually, I really, it was my first deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it does seem to have a different spin on it. Like it's darker. Yeah. There's a darker feel to it. It's it more structured heavy to me. It's heavy. It, it really has a lot of, you I mean, sound like it's very structured to me, which also has comfort for me too. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, that feels nice. It's comfort. Um, but the yeah the Rider Waite Smith is definitely a lighter it, it feels like on the lighter side mm-hmm. um well and yeah. for anyone out there who has multiple tarot decks you probably have had this experience of like different decks mm-hmm. feel really different I just I don't know why I just thought of this but uh one of our friends and a gal who used to be in our circle has this deck called the Dakini Tarot did you, do you remember this deck? I do. It is freaking intense. Like the energy no, of, yeah, yeah, it is. She, so when she first got it, I asked her if she'd do a reading for me and it was actually pretty right on. Um, But the, I mean, the energy is just like swirling in that deck, swirling, yeah. swirling, swirling. And somebody, and I can't remember who, but one of my like, I'm using quotes, Facebook friends. Cause I don't, I don't know. I, but I'm, I know it was on Facebook and I can't remember who it was, Um, had said something about that deck. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I've never known anybody who had it except for our girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never seen it. Well, apparently it's pretty limited edition and it's very expensive to try to get now. Um, oh, okay. So, well, so if you ever <laughs> see the Dakini Tarot out there, you might want to grab, snatch that right up, get it, check out what it feels like for you, gift it to someone if you don't dig it. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, what's interesting to me is how Tarot has gone from like, up. they start, it started as a playing, like, so, I mean, we were talking last episode about playfulness mm-hmm. with the Tassiomancy. So I'm like, okay, it's interesting divination, playfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're asking questions. Some of these questions we're asking are about our lives, like pretty yes. deep stuff, yes. you know, how this went from a, a game to asking you know the deck about like that your future or you know your past or whatever it's just so it's so interesting to me to see the progression I mean you're talking there was like hundreds of years before when it was a a deck all the way to it is today what it is today right yeah totally trippy yeah trippy world of divination (laughs) yeah playful and and serious and how sometimes things that are playful become serious and sometimes things that are serious become playful um i mean like look at ring around the rosie just on the if you're going the opposite direction right so 
there's this song about the plague, but we're going to play on the playground and sing it and dance around the circle. And it's going to uh-huh. be awesome. And we're going to fall down and be dead. I did not know that's what that meant when I was a kid playing Ring Around the Rosie. No did you? way. No, no way. No. And well, I'm it's interesting because I have girlfriends who are like, hey, just bring your deck. We'll hang out. Just like, you could do a reading for me. And I'm like, um, so that's not really how I do it. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I've had a lot of requests of of doing a reading in a a playful kind of party atmosphere mm-hmm. like maybe in the Victorian era they might do that and it's playful and it's it's but for me it's coming from a place of deep spiritual uh, it's a mm-hmm. deep spiritual place so having a couple glasses of wine and doing a reading is not really what I not that that is there's anything wrong with that you know that's not there's how nothing, you use it that's just not how I use it. You know, I'm wanting to have a clear head or a clear sight. Mm-hmm. I want to have clear sight to make it meaningful for someone, you know, and not to say that I've never, you know, had a couple glasses of wine and pulled, a, pulled out the <laughs> car, but it's not what I do, you right. know? like so the playfulness it's like yeah I get I could I could see that it's like oh hey let's just see and it's like part of the fun atmosphere and then it's like okay well some also most of us some of us use it as a deep spiritual practice to get in touch with something inside of us Mm -hmm. I use it as both so like uh for anyone who is listening who also follows me on Facebook and is in the wise woman witchery Facebook group um up until like eight weeks ago or whatever, when I got my puppy, I was pretty much every Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. Wednesday wisdom will be back in case you were wondering, (laughs) but every Wednesday I would do Wednesday wisdom. And, um, what that was, was me hopping on a live stream and pulling cards for people. And so whoever was there, I would just pull a card, uh, if they requested one and tell them what came through. And I did it totally intuitively. There wasn't, it wasn't a big card spread. People could not ask me questions. It was just like, here's the card I pulled for you. This is what I'm seeing attached to it or Mm -hmm. connected to it. Um, So totally playful, totally, you know, just, just fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. Spur of the moment. No, no big prep, no big ritual. We're just hanging out. It's pretty fun. Um, But then I use it the other way too, where I, Mm -hmm. I will sit down and really do a, a big spread for myself and meditate beforehand. And, you know, or even if I'm just pulling a couple cards for myself, I might really sit and meditate and create mm-hmm. some sacred space. Um, and I do that for other people as well. So I've, you know, I'll, I do readings for people from time to time. And, uh, when I do that, it's, it's a little more reverence, you know, if somebody's paying mm-hmm. me to do a reading for them, I'm going to really take the time to sit with and tune into myself and get questions from them and all of that. So I think you can do both. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least I do both. I think I can do both. (laughs) (laughs) I can use my tools in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Emily. I I feel like we could just, we could talk about this subject forever. And we have, we have several podcasts. Right. Yeah. Doing (laughs) tarot. Yeah. Well, it's a fave. You know, it's, yeah. it's a fave. It's one a lot of people are familiar with, a lot of people dabble with, even if they don't uh, use it in depth. And then a lot of people use it in depth too. So it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Anyway, I could talk about all kinds of divination all day long because I think it's so fun and so interesting. And um, 
And I love to think about divination as these tools that we use to just access our own inner knowing and our intuition. So anyway, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's what I got to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any other thoughts on that before we call it a wrap? No. <laughs> All right. Well, friends, thanks for listening in to the witch next door. I think we might have one more topic I, on I, I I know I know I have a topic I don't think I don't think I think it's the last one yeah. okay yeah so so just stay tuned that, that'll be coming soon coming soon <laughs> to a streaming service near you but until then you know keep it magical keep it magical yes hey there friends Emily here from wise woman witchery if you like what you hear on the witch next door I invite you to support us. You can do that by rating, reviewing, liking, following, uh, what else? <laughs> Whatever else it is that you do on the platform you like to listen to podcasts on. By doing these things, it actually helps other people find us. And in that way, helps us spread the magic. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And thanks for being a listener. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.